Hey guys, welcome to the Blue Room Podcast, an intimate space where we explore ourselves, our lives, and our relationships more deeply through therapeutic conversation. I'm your host, Fantanisha Tomsa, and I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. For this episode, we have Tanya here. Um, Tanya is uh, she's a friend and colleague, and we've gotten to know each other um was it about a year maybe oh, less than a year i would less say than a year less yeah. than a year we've been um it feels like years and years though, it feels like years and years yeah our like our healing journeys are really aligning i feel like we're doing the same work in our in our own lane and yeah. we've also had a lot of opportunities to collaborate and um you're really on this you know mental health and and spirituality and um, healing journey, which resonates a lot with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also are a social worker and also currently taking your master's in social work. I'm finished. I'm just oh. finishing off my last course right now. And it's oh, been okay. 22. I've been a registered social worker for 22 years and okay. put off this master's, put off, put off, but then finally just did it. You got it done. You got <laughs> so it done. I start my practicum in September. Oh my God. What's on? And I'm DMing you all day, every day. And you're probably trying to study. No, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm here for what you're doing. I love it. I yeah. love it. And I will just say too, like every morning I open my DMs and you're usually already in there with a the message like, <laughs> good morning, beautiful. I hope you have like a great day. Or like you comment on one of the stories that yes. I put up. So yeah. those little things are like super impactful. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you shining your light. I like just... That. I appreciate what you're doing and it yeah. just really resonates. So I'm like, I need to let you know that it does. Oh, yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get started, I like to pull a card from our, our deck. Um, <laughs> if we pull a card that is the same as cards that were already pulled, okay. we're going to have to repull. <laughs> okay, okay. I shuffle it. I do what I can. And mm-hmm. for some reason we just keep pulling the same cards. <laughs> I don't know what the universe is trying to tell us, but, um, but yeah, we'll pull from this. Um, you can pull first, answer a question, and then oh, I'll do the same. Very good. Yeah, mm-hmm. go right ahead. Do the honors. Should I just pull from the top, or should I get in here? Whatever calls to you. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in. All right. Again, I don't have my glasses, but let's try here. <laughs> Let me know if you need a yeah. If you need a hand. I was holding it upside down. Maybe you can read it. <laughs> <laughs> my glasses. I should have brought them. <laughs> All right, I'll read it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. If I look through your phone right now, what's something I'd find that would embarrass you? <laughs> <laughs> um, something that would embarrass me. Any nudes? No nudes. Any no websites? partials. Partial <laughs> oh, nudes. Yeah. yeah oh, I, can I can I say really quick? Yeah. Uh, that boudoir. Sh- like yeah. I went I went to visit your house one day and you did a boudoir shoot. I did. That was freaking stunning. Phenomenal. You're such a badass. Yeah, it was. It was so beautiful. <laughs> it was so well done. Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> so I mean, I'm not embarrassed about those at all. I mean, I'm no. obviously not going to post some of them. I posted a couple, like with some lingerie on, but yeah. you know, like we went there, the lady that I did the the shoot with in Airdrie, Alberta. But um, I'm not embarrassed by that. No. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe some of the the takes of videos that I do. Oh, you yeah. know, like I tend to laugh at myself a lot just through my healing journey and all of it. So sometimes I'm like, God, you're such a dork. <laughs> so maybe I would be embarrassed by something like that. But yeah. 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 All yeah. the retakes on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I used to be bad for that. For that too. <laughs> my gosh. Um, all right. I'll pull one of these. Oh, that's, um, that's not, that's not a real card. <laughs> it's just telling us how to play the games. 
Okay, who in your family are you closest with and why? Um, I would say my sister, for sure. She's like two and a half years younger than me. Um, we had com- We lived in the same household, but completely different paths of life. So, like, you know, when we were teenagers, um, it's funny because we laugh about it now, like, you know, reminiscing on some of the crazy stuff my parents used to do or, like, places that we used to go. But we weren't as close because she was, she was a good kid. Like, I would have to tell her to keep my secrets. Like, I'm like, <laughs> we're going to sneak people into the basement. Like, don't say anything. <laughs> like, don't tell nobody nothing. <laughs> and she, like, she just did the thing. She, you know, she finished high school. She did her university. Um, you know, she was, she, was, she was really good. But she was, she's way more vocal than me. Like it's so funny because I expressed my rebellion in 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 like outward ways, mm-hmm. um, but I was very quiet and like uh, reserved. Like I wouldn't speak. I wasn't argumentative. Her, mm. she has a mouth on her, which I actually admire. Right. I always admired. I was yeah. like, she's my younger sister. Um, I wish I could, you know, talk the way that she talks mm-hmm. and fight back the way she fights back. Um, so I wouldn't say we were so close growing up because we lived kind of different mm-hmm. lives. But now, like, we talk every single day. We're trying to so take care of my parents together, trying mm-hmm. to, like, you know, figure out, yeah, like, uh, our parents' stuff and our own lives. So we did chat about how we're, like, both kind of on this healing journey mm-hmm. and we're both trying to share our journey while also supporting other people mm-hmm. like in, in, in our community um but for folks who don't know you and like what you're about and what you've done can you give a little introduction <sighs> oh my goodness where do i start i want to keep it brief um so i'm originally an east coast girl yeah. um i have um nova scotia roots here which is so fantastic my paternal grandmother katherine peters was from Annapolis Royale. Mm-hmm. I didn't know her very well, um, but I am getting to know the family now, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons certainly why I chose to move back to Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I've ever lived here, I haven't, but I'm, I was born and raised in St. John, New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. And uh, moved away, moved out of my mom's house actually when I was probably 16 or 17. Put myself through high school, put myself through my first um, university degree at St. Thomas in Fredericton. Mm-hmm. My focus has always been studying anti-black racism and trying to understand how it makes us ill. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just, growing up, I could see very clearly that my father was treated much different than my mom. And mm-hmm. I wanted to understand why that was as a little kid. Mm-hmm. Obviously, anti-black racism, like that wasn't terminology that I had until mm-hmm. I was older. So. But yeah, that was my that was my start, and I I left after I finished that first degree and moved to Alberta. I had to make some money, and it's like everyone was going to Alberta, so that's mm-hmm. what I did. Yep. And I uh, did another degree out there, my social work degree, mm-hmm. and um, started a family. Got you know started a family, got into my career, and fast forward like twenty five years. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
early wow. aging myself, but I'm, it's okay. It's okay. I'm like, I am, I'm in the midlife kind of era. It's totally fun. I've just you turned You look four- like you're in a good place you're in your so life. I just like, turned 47. Just like, mm, thanks. Honestly. I just turned 47, but just, yeah, I, I. You're making me look forward to it. <laughs> Honestly. Oh I had an opportunity to uh, move back here to Nova Scotia and I decided, you know what? I did like a midlife pivot. Mm-hmm. I resigned the position that I had with the government of Alberta after 17 years, mm-hmm. pulled my pension, like just did a whole, like just was done. Mm-hmm. I was thoroughly... What were you doing with the government? Well, I, so like I said, I've been a so- registered social worker for 22 years. Mm-hmm. The first five years were kind of nonprofit doing mental health and addiction work and certainly working with folks who were involved in um, the sex trade or being sexually trafficked. Mm-hmm. And then I moved into working with the government of Alberta as an investigator, a caseworker with Children's mm-hmm. Services for years, and then about 10 years as a supervisor. Mm-hmm. And the last team that I had was the PSECA team, which stands for the Protection of Sexually Exploited Children's Act. So I supervised a team of five investigators, and really the positions were just to work very closely with police to investigate and um, support children and families who these kids were being sexually trafficked mm-hmm. and exploited or at risk of. We would do a lot of education around that as well. So wow. that's fine, you know, And, and uh, but but I finally hit a point in my life where I'm like, mm, no, yeah. I'm not going to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm giving too much away and I need and I need to I need to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. And it really my, my children and family were saying to me, you're different, mom, mm-hmm. you know, and my youngster, who's 13, my children are 26 and almost 23 and 13. Mm-hmm. And I was putting my, my youngster to bed one night and going to a night shift. So I used to do intervention through the night. Mm-hmm. Any emergencies came in, homicide called, like something big was happening. I was the team leader who was on. Um, and with dispatch kind of uh, teams to respond. But my little one said to me one night, Mom, are you sure you don't love the kids you work with more than you love me? That was kind of the beginning of the end for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, career is important. I'm so happy and privileged to have done this work. Mm-hmm. But it's not more important than my own health, and it's not more important than my children yeah. and being with my kids. Yeah. So I, I just I left it all, sold my house, resigned, drove across the country here to Nova Scotia, and have been here about 15 months now. You, yeah, you moved back. <laughs> and it was so funny bringing you in... Um, as part of our community wellness program and mm-hmm. having you in Mulgrave Park. Not, and I only planned for you to come in for one day, but uh, the community loved you so much, they brought you back the second, <laughs> for like a round two. They were so great. They were so in love with the way that, you know, you you, ta- you talked about mental health mm-hmm. and you just created space. And um, you brought chocolate cake, for a nice homemade chocolate cake for everyone. But it was so funny because you said you never lived here, but the amount of people that knew you or knew your family or like, mm. you know, like they just, you guys made these connections mm-hmm. like right away. I was yeah. like, that's such a Scotian thing to happen. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. So it was so beautiful. Yeah, it was. It really felt like family. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. 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 Thank you for having me. My pleasure. <laughs> um, so we were going to chat today a little bit about loving with boundaries, um, talking about forgiveness and, and um, you know, without compromise, forgiveness without compromise, mm. um, and how we can forgive others but still respect ourselves in the process and not have to continue to put ourselves in these situations that 
are harmful of, mm-hmm. of, for us, whether it's relationships, whether it's jobs, um, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a situation in your life mm-hmm. or, or a couple where, where boundaries maybe were not respected at first and where you really had to set some, some strong boundaries around and how that process was like? I would say, I mean, for years and years, and it's just really, I set it up this way. Mm-hmm. We'll just start there. My mother always told me, you teach people how to treat you. Mm-hmm. So if you allow disrespect, mm-hmm. if you allow people trampling on your boundaries, then that's what will occur. Yeah. And truth be told, my whole career really, and I should have known better, um, probably especially the first 10 years, I did not have any boundaries at all in regards to overworking and overextending myself. And it's like I went into the career of social work because I wanted to make some sort of difference. Mm -hmm. You know, my upbringing was very challenging. I was exposed to lots of things. I certainly resonated with what you shared on your first, you know, episode. It's like, you know, drug abuse and alcohol addiction and, Mm -hmm. and violence in the home, just all of those things. Yeah. So um, I wanted to get into a profession where, number one, work on my own healing, Mm -hmm. which started probably when I was 19. Mm -hmm. You know, therapy has been ongoing for many, many, many years because you certainly don't want to go into a profession to help others and project your own pain onto people. So for me, I had a responsibility to look at my own things, heal myself, and uh, get into a profession where I really could make some sort of difference. And I I had someone recently say to me, an older man, an older white man, he said to me, you think you're really going to make a difference in the world with the job that you do? Like, it's always going to be like this, and what you're doing is not going to make any difference. Well, damn. (laughs) Right? And I was like, oh, you and I are different human beings. Absolutely. (laughs) We're different Um, human beings. Because for me, if I can just help one person, I'm I'm good. Yeah. You know? So... So I would say that it's like I had to um, just start saying no. Yeah. It was challenging. You're good with boundaries. I am now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't for a lot of years. Yeah. I would work. I mean, you could ask anyone in Alberta who knew me then. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked more than anyone. I would work circles around everyone. Yeah. I held the fort down at home. I was everything all the time to everyone except we're, myself. Yeah. We put ourselves last. Mm-hmm. Why do you think you were like that? Like, do you think it was like a desire to prove something or do you feel like you were in a situation where y- your boundaries were crossed so many times that you just didn't have any or what was I think like it's a you? number of things it stems from childhood yeah. it's for me it's always childhood trauma when you're yeah. trying to figure out why you are abc it's like look back yeah for sure you know um i i was the kid opposite from you i had siblings in the home that were running the streets and just like doing their thing. I was the overachieving, mm-hmm. toe the line, did everything perfectly yeah. so that I would, so that I, I was trying to earn my mother's and my father's love. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the good, perfect kid. Right. Uh, and I took that well into my adult life mm-hmm. where I, um, I think really believed at the core of myself in my early 20s for sure, maybe even in my 30s that I didn't really deserve love, mm-hmm. that I didn't really deserve pe- for people to respect me. Mm-hmm or to respect my boundaries, that I had to earn love by overextending myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I thoroughly burnt out yeah. and, and developed a host of symptoms, you know, high blood pressure, insomnia, depression, and actually got a diagnosis of PTSD that I'm like, oh, actually, what I've been doing all these years, it hasn't been, like, good. No. You need to 
put yourself first mm-hmm. if you're going to be um, successful and, um, you know, if you're going to be, I, I'm, I can't think of the word right now, but it's like when you're really wanting to help others, you have to help yourself first. Yeah, for sure. And that's why you'll hear me say so many times on my social, mm-hmm. fill your cup first. 100%. You cannot pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I tried. It yeah. doesn't lead anywhere good. It's true. That's that. <laughs> and like you mentioned, kind of that disease, that disease to please, mm-hmm. like that disease to please, like always kind of searching for that like external validation yep. and, and things like that. And I think, I think with my experiences, like I've, I feel like I never had boundaries because I feel like they were always crossed mm-hmm. like over and over and over. Like if I didn't want to do something, it was, it was easily also because I was a bigger sister and had to be accommodating and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of like not the caretaker of the house, but like, I, I felt like I always had to put other people's needs above my own. I had nieces, I had nephews, I had, you know, and traumas and things like that. So like I never could voice when I even wanted something, someone could say, well, what flavor ice cream do you want? Mm-hmm. And that was such a difficult question for me to answer because I didn't know what I wanted because mm-hmm. I always wanted other, like it was always up to the other person. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I do. It was like really, it was, it's been really interesting to um, to kind of learn how to develop boundaries and and know myself. Like I really feel like I didn't know myself for like mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of years because I was always so focused on the needs of others. Um, and as a disease to please, we, we have it as women, as, as black women. Especially. especially. I feel like especially. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's true. We're, again, I said in previous episodes, we're like, we are kind of the bottom of uh, bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. And, and I really had to kind of relearn or learn in the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I feel like I, did, I didn't really know I had to relearn because we always know who we are. And we I think o- so. We always, I believe mm-hmm. so. I yeah. believe we always know what we want and what we don't want. But sometimes we move so far away mm-hmm. from ourselves, mm-hmm. whether it's like not listening to our intuition or, um, again, the, that chatter that we get externally, that we move so far away from, from mm-hmm. that. And that's what boundaries allow us to do. It allows us to create that space between other people and ourselves so that we still have that awareness of, mm-hmm. of ourselves. Um how has how do you feel like boundaries have have helped your relationships you know everyone around me had to do some adjusting Mm -hmm. and readjusting at first Mm -hmm. you know when it was time for me to meditate to write in my journal to have a therapy session whatever it was Mm -hmm. because we were going through covid yeah when i was doing some like some big therapy like you know i mean i've been doing and involved in, you know, uh, with therapists since I was 19 to, you know, work through some childhood trauma stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, like, turned up the volume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. During COVID, you yeah. know. Um, COVID, you were you were still in Alberta. I was in Alberta, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so I, would, I made the announcement to my family that this is what I'm doing for myself. This is why. Mm-hmm. It, when my door is closed, I'm not available, you know. Um, my husband was there. You know, I'm like, we're going to let's do some re-evaluating and re-kind-of-situating um, of what you would normally do. Rules. Yeah. yeah. It's like a renegotiation in your marriage. Yeah. We've been married 15 years now. And I'm like, uh-huh. this is what I normally would always do. And I'm not able to do that right now, actually. I have a question about that. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like you were overextending to your family 
because they needed you to, or was that also that disease to please, like that per <laughs> that perfectionism? Perfectionism has been my disease since I was a little kid, yeah. for sure. Um, and I watched my mom do that. My mother always put herself at the bottom of the totem pole, mm -hmm. mostly because I guess she felt like she had to, and we were raised in poverty. She was on government assistance. Mm -hmm. We were in government housing. She also always worked. Mm -hmm. she, was all, she was a bartender. She was a waitress, but it wasn't enough to pay the bills and put food food in our you know in our mouth. So I watched her neglect herself and put people first always. Mm -hmm. And so I continued that in my own life. Mm -hmm. And I had to I had to reach kind of retrain and reteach my family yeah. because my kids and my husband were used to me yeah. showing up in a certain way and I was angry and resentful 100%. for the way I was showing up and I'm like don't be mad at them yeah. be mad at yourself. What was their response when you were like where think shit is changing. <laughs> like, what was their response? I, I think early on, they, they said it was fine and good, but you could tell that people were uncomfortable. They just needed to get used to it. I was uncomfortable. You it was uncomfortable. uncomfortable for me to put myself first. Yeah. Because I had never done that. It so is. I had to work through feelings of feeling guilty, of feeling like I was being selfish, of feeling like, oh, maybe my marriage will end because I'm now not giving my husband what it is he's used to me always giving, which is everything, mm -hmm. all the time, mm -hmm. you know? Um, my good mom, am I, you know, there for my kids All of enough. it. Oh my God. All, all of it, it, all of it. And even with work, it's like, I just stopped, I started de declining to, I'm not doing the overtime. I'm not available for evening calls. I'm not available for, you know, just saying no. Mm -hmm. And I think people in my life, my family especially, were like, whoa. Mm -hmm. What's going on with her? Is she going through a midlife crisis? No, I'm going through a healing and an awakening. <laughs> and, and, get uh, on it. I'm go yeah, get, get into it, family, because this is what it is. And, you know, it took some adjusting for them. It took some adjusting for me. Yeah. But now, a couple years later, it's like I am showing up in such a way that some days I'm, I can't even believe it. Yeah. You know, when I, when I look at myself and I look at, like, how I conduct myself now and how I feel, I'm like, you know what? There's something to be said for loving on yourself yeah. and respecting yourself. How did, how did how do you find that it's affected your relationship with your your partner and your your kids now that you you're uh, doing less for them? <laughs> I would say my family is proud of me. Yeah. I would say my I would say my mom, my younger sister, um yeah, I would say, and my kids, I would say that they're proud of me. Yeah. You know? I like that. I love that. Like, I have, you teach people how to treat you. Yeah. And they have figured out that this doesn't mean that mom loves us less. Mm -hmm. It means that she loves herself. Mm -hmm. And then when you do that, you're able to show up in the world in a much better way. Yeah. I could let go of the anger. I could let go of the resentment. I could let go of the the burnout and the just you guys are all taking me for granted or taking 100%. advantage of me 100%. it's like but you were I was setting it up that way yeah and a lot of times the boundaries they're scarier for us than they are for the other person right. like they, mm -hmm. they'll eventually adjust maybe it takes that transition mm -hmm. period but if they really love you and, mm -hmm. and they really support you on your healing journey yeah you know we think it's gonna be this like end of the world you know yeah. big catastrophic thing but um, it, it ends up being more scary for us than it is for the... I think so. I mean, I definitely was worried about how people were going to respond to me moving forward. Mm -hmm. People were used to the old Tanya, mm -hmm. who was grinding all the time and who was 
overextending and who was like hardcore. Like I really appreciated when you had Tia on Mm -hmm. talking about how she's a cancer and so am I. Oh yeah. And I never ever showed up in the world the first 40s for say 43 years of my life Mm -hmm. where I ever showed any softness at all. Mm -hmm. I never did. Mm -hmm. I always presented with the hardest exterior. Mm -hmm. I was hardcore. I did everything all the time and it's like don't come for me. Because yeah. I will hurt you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it really was just a trauma response it for really me is. to keep kind of people at bay. Yeah. I didn't want to experience the hurt that I had endured as a child. Yeah. So I really presented with fully armored up into the world. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I also, because I was raised in poverty, I wanted better. Yeah. I and wanted better I, for myself. And I swung the pendulum really far mm-hmm. in one direction. Yeah, and you live like, in a nice little life right now. <laughs> <laughs> you see your little you. white, little white <laughs> Cadillac. Is it? No, my it's Mercedes. a Mercedes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. When I saw you roll up to Tia's one like that day, <laughs> I was like, "Who is this stunner coming out?" Like your outfit was on point, your hair was on point. Like you had this beautiful heels on, like this nice car. Thanks. And I love to see it. And I love to know that you also came from poverty. I so much poverty. Like I, you know, I was just <laughs> talking. My older daughter was here from Alberta recently. Shelby, who's turning twenty six soon, and we were talking about, um, you know, how when I was coming up, my mom would just buy giant things of baloney. Mm-hmm. and powdered milk and usually a loaf of white bread and it's like that's, that's what, what we ate like craft dinner and hot dogs things were hard yep. and the church would show up with a food hamper and like yeah. you know like yep. things were very hard so my motivation early on I mean I started working a full-time job at 15 mm-hmm. I worked at Dairy Queen cleaning their toilets and scrubbing floors yeah. for five bucks an hour I was on and it that's too. how I paid my way and yeah. I did that for seven years until I went to university Wow. So I'm I'm not a stranger to working hard at all. Yeah. Life was very hard, yeah. but I definitely swung the pendulum so far, and I was so burnt. I so. love I love to see that, yeah. and and I know with um with boundaries and the disease to please and those expectations, like I really had to reevaluate myself too. Like co-parenting is mm. <laughs> co-parenting is another ball game. Um, and I remember, you know, when I was in relationships, like I would always be so angry and resentful, you know, against the people that I was with because I would always be doing things that I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And I was there was always this undertone of resentment mm-hmm. that I had. And I found actually the more that I said no, now that, you know, we, we co-parent and we have physical space, we have physical boundaries. Um, but even at the beginning, I was still you know, doing things or overextending mm-hmm. just to try to keep the peace and not right. try to re-trigger things and yeah. things like that. Walking on eggshells. Walking on yes. eggshells and... Trauma response. Literally. Every time <laughs> totally. you see a text come up, you're like, oh my God, like, you mm-hmm. know, you're like, what am I going to have to, am I going to have to readjust my schedule? Am I going to have to like mm-hmm. do this, do this, do this? Um, but the more that I like said no and, and kept, you know, that that kind of space and that boundary and, and that comes with, with growth and healing and also the people that I surround myself with now, mm-hmm. which are... A lot of strong women. Yeah. Um, you know, seeing you on your on your journey, and also you know Tia, I'm really close with, and and the women that I really cir- uh, circle myself around now, um, I see how how they're showing up in the world, and how and how they're healing, and how mm-hmm. they're standing up for myself. Even my mom now, like you try to get her to babysit now, <laughs> is like the hardest thing. She's like. I got plans. I got things to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I've raised all you guys. Yeah, and, she, yeah. and she really did. Like, mm-hmm. you can't even get mad at her. But I'm like, damn. Like, now I'm really <laughs> out here by myself. Um, but, mm-hmm. like, at the at the beginning, like, I, you know, sometimes sometimes picking up my kids from, from school or, or daycare, like, I'd have so much anxiety because I'd put 
expectations on myself like pick them up on this time come mm. home you have to make supper they have to have a bath by this time mm. they have to like you know go to bed by this time and we would never enjoy our time together yeah i would literally have anxiety picking my kids up oh, these are my kids mm-hmm. like i should not have to feel anxious right picking up my kids or going to visit family or going to see friends mm. like if there's things that i don't want to do i'm not i'm just not going to do them mm-hmm. and i'm so much more aware of myself and things that are triggers to me now Um, honoring yourself honoring ourselves and the the best way to do that is we really have to know ourselves Mm -hmm. and we have to undo the conditioning and we have to to know undo the undo the condition it's like it's like all of these years we've gone through an indoctrination Mm -hmm. about how women are supposed to be about Mm -hmm. how black women are supposed to be about Mm -hmm. how mothers and wives are supposed to be Mm -hmm. and for me I reject that uh, uh, all I, the way. I reject that all the way right it's like way. no I'm gonna show up in a way that feels authentic and feels like love and acceptance for me hundred percent and all the people who have an issue with that are gonna fall away from my life yeah and that's okay yeah. bye yeah. go go heal over there go, I wish you all the best go do it yeah and we have these external voices like I'm like you know, oh, you know, do, should I feel bad that my, you know, kid's not doing this or, you know, this this mm-hmm. is not happening. But our best evenings are like, we're like at the lake till like eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. And there's still daycare and school the next day. <laughs> and I'm like, we're just going to go home. We're going to eat some non bread with like salt and pepper on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some olive oil. <laughs> Whatever, I'm not fighting with you guys. Exactly. Yeah, it's okay. Why are we fighting over meals? Why are we fighting over bedtimes? Like, we all just like, you know, just just passed out the other the other day on, on at the bed at like ten o'clock at night, like, and I know if their dad hears this, he's gonna go crazy because he's like <laughs> seven thirty. He's texting me, "Are the kids still awake?" I'm like, "Still awake? Seven thirty p.m. Like we're like living it up. Yeah. Like we're having a big old party right. over here. Seven <laughs> thirty. What's going on at your house? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I used to like. I used to compare and mm. I'd feel like, okay, so if that's how they're going to be at that place, you know, that's how they have to be here and structure and routine and things like that. Um, you have to do what's best best for us and what resonates with us. And also we're still healing and we're still learning yeah. ourselves and, and parenthood is a whole mess uh, either way. But <laughs> um, but yeah, like letting go of, of the expectations mm-hmm. of, of ourselves and what other people have of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did put this story on on Instagram, I did put these questions up, but I just want to mm. quickly um, go over them and see kind of what folks were were saying. Uh, what's the hardest thing about setting boundaries? Um, ooh, we had a lot of response <laughs> on this one. Boundaries um, are a hard one. Boundaries especially are... Especially with family. So tough mm-hmm. with family. Mm-hmm. So tough with family. Um what you kind of mentioned earlier, other people's reactions, mm-hmm. like not knowing how how other people will respond, are they yeah. going to be comfortable with it? Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to that, first of all, if people are concerned about setting a boundary? You need to let, again, look at yourself. You yeah. need to let go of your concern of like what people are going to think about you. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a people pleaser, like I have been my whole life, it's like you worry about that. But I'm like, do your healing work around that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what people think about how you're spending your time and your boundaries. This is my life that God gave to me yes. to live the way I need to live. Yeah. I am not here to serve you. No. no. I'm not here to serve you. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna serve myself. 
first and make sure that I'm okay yep. and fill that cup. Yeah. What is in my cup is mine. What runneth over the cup is for everybody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So not to say that I don't want to serve. I absolutely do, mm -hmm. but not at my expense. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> that's and, all. And not to benefit other people in the sense of living serving in a way that is still falling under other people's expectations. Mm. We have our own purpose here yes. and you living in your truth and your light, it shines out to other people. Totally. And that that's yeah. leading an example for other people to to do the same. Yes, and I think the, the more of us that do that, it's like be the change you want to see in the world. 100%. I want to see other women, especially, I'm here for all the women. I, I definitely want to see, I mean, I, I want to see everyone heal, but I'm especially, yeah. I'm like, I want to see other women heal yes. and thrive yes. and just love themselves, yes. love their bodies, love like just everything. Yeah. You know? I love that you said yeah. that. My Instagram is all plus size women. I love it. All plus size models. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I want us to live our best lives. Literally. Mm -hmm. And when, when other people are shamelessly living in their truth, it, it just creates this like ripple effect yes. for the rest of us. Like to just live, live it. It makes it truth. safe for us to do it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, someone else said, you know, the hardest thing about setting boundaries, how other people will respond to the boundaries, mm -hmm. um, familiarity, mm. like it's just easy yeah. to kind of get to this routine. Um, you want to touch on that? How can we break that? Like when you want to decide, I've been doing this for 15 years, mm -hmm. but today is the day. Yeah. Get really clear on your goals and then make a plan about how you are going to achieve said goals. Yeah. That's it. Like, just take that step. It's like, this is not working for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And as much as it's going to feel scary and like, oh, you know, it's going to feel like weird for you to do it differently mm -hmm. and it's going to be uncomfortable, but I'm like, but the healing that comes on the other side of that work, yeah. it's so worth it. Yeah. It's so worth it. So And accepting yeah. too, accepting that not everyone's going to agree and people are going to know you as one type of, right. you know, they just know the old Fanny or they just know the old Tanya. Yeah. They're not yet comfortable with the new, the new Tanya, the new Fanny. And so many people are really, so many people benefit when you are an overgiver. Sheesh. And so when you finally say, no, mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that anymore, mm -hmm. it, it pisses people off. Yeah. And for me, that's just an indication of you're not really, you're not part of the tribe I need around me anyway. So it's okay for you to fall off, yeah, and to and to go over there. Yeah, I it's okay. You. I release you. I release you, you. respectfully. Yeah. I hope you heal. Like no, for me, there's no hard will at all. No, like I've no. had to let go of some relationships. Yeah, I had to let go of one a couple of months ago, and we were best friends for 25 years. Mm -hmm. That was hard. I like I cried so hard, and mm -hmm. so did she. But I'm like, this is not good for me. I love what? you better this way. Yeah. I love you better this way. Yeah. And just to be really mindful around, like, how do you feel after you have contact with that person? Mm -hmm. Do you feel depleted yeah. and used and exhausted and just, yeah. I'm like, that is, listen to your, listen to, to yourself. yourself. We have instincts for a reason. Yeah. Your body will tell you. Yeah. Listen to it. Undo that conditioning. Yes. Because the way everybody else has been telling you how to live and how to exist and how to show up, it mm. varies your inner voice yeah and it varies what you know is true mm. and how you know how you want to react and how you feel about mm -hmm. certain things it's, it's all you know covered up covered up covered up but as you, uh, you know, do the work and you do the undoing mm. you start to you know remember what that voice sounds like you start yeah. to relearn yourself and know what what feels good and what doesn't totally and don't, and don't ignore it and that's the thing so many of us ignore it and you will always regret it when you ignore it you know, so that's for me, that's why meditation is everything and yeah. part of my healing journey. It's like when you sit quietly with yourself mm -hmm. 
and get in tune with your body mm-hmm. while you're working through things, yeah. you'll know, you know yeah. what is right for you and what is not aligned for you. A hundred. So stay true to that. You won't go wrong. Yeah, I know that. You know, doesn't mean it, won't, it will be easy. It won't be. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, you won't and go accept, wrong. Except that things are hard. Like, mm. you know, I think a lot of times we try to avoid hardship and difficulty. Yeah. And we just think life is just going to be super easy. <laughs> easy all the time. And like, we, want, we want instant gratification. But yeah. that's not that's life, not where it's at. Life is going to be, exactly. It's mm-hmm. going to be hard. But develop practices that can take you through the hard times. Yes. Oh. Whether it's like meditation, whether it's journaling, whether it's, you know, taking a little mini vacation, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, shutting you know, people out, disconnecting, whatever you need to do. Yeah. Because those hardships are going to keep coming. I call them coping kits. Like I have a list of things yeah, Yeah. that I know are going to get me through stressful times. Mm. And and I can feel when things are piling up and burying up. And and I go right back. um, Mm -hmm. Right back to that. Ooh, okay. Quick question. (laughs) Where is the most difficult to set boundaries? I did a poll. And 72% of people said family. Totally. Always family. To say no to family, to, to especially to put boundaries between yourself and a parent that maybe um, is toxic mm-hmm. to you, is mm-hmm. triggering for you. I mean, that is so hard. And people will say to you all the time, but it's your mother or it's your father or it's this, it's that, it's your auntie. I don't care. Yeah, especially in the black community. <laughs> yes. It's like, we accept, that's your brother, that's your sister. Right? But we accept that, oh, like family is like the be all end all and it's mm-hmm. like this person really hurt me yeah and i'm trying to heal yeah and so i'm not able or willing to have contact right now yeah that is up that's, to you that's it. but exactly. that's hard to do so especially hard. when it's a parent yeah you know when it's a parent it was very hard yeah yeah or you have to explain it to a parent and they don't understand mm. that while you're doing this to them yeah because they they feel or like you're doing something to them yes exactly. or to the family you're going to shame the family what are people going to say yeah well, you know what? I mean, people can say what they want, but again, yeah. this is my life. Yeah. And and you deserve to heal. We all deserve to heal. Yeah. We're not just here to exist. Yeah. And to yeah. go through the grind. We're here to live and thrive. Thrive. Yes. Yeah. We deserve that. 100%. Especially black people. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for all the black liberation. Like that, you know? Yes. Blackly black black. <laughs> <laughs> In all its beautiful shades. Like, I'm here for it. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. literally. Mm-hmm. And it's and you know and one of the things that I did have to start saying with my own family is um, you know if I was if I was gonna say no or when I was saying no I had to start like I had to start saying stop asking me mm-hmm. like please stop asking mm-hmm. me my question is not the same and every time you ask it it bothers me like you know my reasons I've already yeah. said it to you so stop asking me mm-hmm. like and then I start getting angry and I'm like well this is the, this is what you didn't want to happen but just stop stop mm-hmm. asking me but I guess we don't need to get angry. But it is a healthy emotion still. It's a healthy emotion. <laughs> it's like it's the disrespect. It is. It's like, like I've already told. Yeah, you're cross. You're testing me. You're trying to wear me down. I've said no. Yes. Please respect that. Yes. Love me enough to just respect that. Yeah. You know? Love yeah. me enough to respect. Love me enough. Yeah. 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 We have so much that we uh, um, wanted to talk about. Um, but we're definitely going to invite you back for another for another episode. I love that. Um Congratulations again on finishing up your master's. And (laughs) 
are you uh, planning to take on any additional work or what's Listen, your goals? I, <laughs> you want to share anything? Just briefly, I mean, certainly I, you know, I'm, I'm, people are reaching out to um, hire me for different talks, which is great. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me out. Mm-hmm. I ha- have had people ask me if I'm taking on individual clients currently mm-hmm. um, for some clinical work. I'm not right yet. Okay. I have to flush some things out with the Nova Scotia College of Social Workers. I mean, okay. I belong to a professional body, so there are checks and balances. Yeah. That I have to uh, abide by and kind of figure out first. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But once I'm all, you know, approved by the board, I, I do plan on um, starting my own practice. Amazing. And um, you know, helping people do this healing work because it's everything. Amazing. It's everything. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. And if you guys need any inspiration, follow her on Instagram. Yes. It's Black Excellence Healing. Black Excellence Healing. Yes. Yeah. Black B L K. BLK mm-hmm. and you do like daily tarot polls and just yeah. like cute little videos. I'm pulling from the rest deck right now. The, so the work deck. of Trisha Hersey. Yeah. Yes. Um, because she's all about black liberation as well. Yes. And kind of pushing against kind of grind culture and just loving yourself. Yeah. And honoring yourself. The rest and, deck. Yeah. The rest deck. Yeah. Love it. And love the book it. Rest is Resistance is her book that I kind of got me going. So. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I'm learning that all that conditioning. Totally. Um, but thank you for thank you so for being here. Thank We're you. definitely gonna have you back. Look forward to um, it. And yes, follow her on Instagram, Black Excellence Healing. Mm-hmm. Um, follow us, Blue Room Podcast. Join the conversation, and we'll definitely see you guys soon. Mm-hmm.